as we mentioned uh, yesterday, uh, one of South Africa's heritage sites, Lily's Leaf Farm, uh, is in a dire financial crisis. The trust which manages the historical site has launched a donation campaign in the lead up to Freedom Day. After being unable to pay uh, staff members, we are now joined on the line by Nicholas Valpi, who's the CEO of Lily's Leaf Trust. Good afternoon to you, sir. Good afternoon, Glenn. How are you? I'm good. Good to have you on the show. I haven't been to Lily's in uh, in a couple of months. It was one of my favorite places. I uh, love walking around and I love the breakfast. I know. I cook. <clears throat> That's one of the many talents I have. I cook the breakfast as well. Yeah, I love the breakfast there. And uh, yeah, we're, we're sorry to hear about the, 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 the news of, uh, you know, um, Lily's Sleeve uh, struggling financially. What have been the primary sources of finance for this heritage site over the years? Well, you know, Glenn, it's actually been since 2010 we've struggled mm. financially. We've lived living on a two-string budget. Mm. So what Covert has done has really magnified, highlighted, and put the spotlight on sites like, like Lily's Leaf, which struggle to survive and literally live from hand to mouth, which I've just made reference to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, I mean, if you want to go to Lily's Leaf, obviously it's free. There's no entry fee, right? There is. Yeah. No, there is an entry fee. It's 120 rand. Oh, is it 120? I've walked in there for free. <laughs> you shouldn't. I'll come after the 120 rand. Yeah. I've walked in there for free because yeah. I've been there a couple of times. I even shot a, a music video there. Well, that's most probably why, because when we've allowed people have done that sort of thing we give them free access because it's also promoting lily's leaf and mm. you're helping us in mm. our in our marketing campaigns mm. now how obviously you, you 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 talked about the you know the the pandemic which has affected a lot of um people so my question to you is you know some you, you know, this is something that we discussed off air that you know we just think that a lot of people don't know what is Lily's Leaf. I know that there's a, there's a billboard outside on, on, on Rivonia Road, but I think a majority of people just see a sign, Lily's Leaf, and they probably don't get what it is. Um, don't you think that you should have, you know, find ways of, of marketing the place? Because often when I go there, there's only a few people, you know, who will come to the place. And I think... It is such a beautiful heritage site, has so much to offer. Uh, even the younger generation need to have access to the place, but they can only, you know, come to the to the place when it is properly advertised or marketed. Because I just feel that it is not marketed enough. I found the place by chance one day because obviously I had finished reading the, the, an article about Lily Sleeve and bam, as I was going on Rivonia Road, I saw the place and I decided to go and visit Delaney, you raised a very interesting point here. You know, Lily's Leaf in the past did try to market itself. Mm. But one of the problems we face is that because our history is unknown and Mm. is becoming forgotten, Mm. Mm. people don't know. Mm. So it's not a. So if I just say 
come to Lily's Leaf, a site of liberation. Mm. People are not going to understand what I'm saying. Yes. Because they don't have the historical context. Mm. They don't have the background. Mm. So that kind of marketing in terms of would not work. Mm. You know, the only marketing that we could do is a kind of educational marketing mm. where we're able to explain in detail what Lily's Leaf is. And if I can give you two very specific examples. Mm. About 10 years ago, I was walking through Nelson Mandela Square. Yeah. And I bumped into a friend of mine and he said to me, please explain to these two born frees what you do. Mm. So I turned to them and I said, have you heard of Ravonia? Mm. And, you know, they looked at me for about five, six seconds, like, why is he asking us this question? Mm. And they, they said, of course, the road. Mm. So, so the, our history has become lost in translation. So people in the past would associate Ravonia with Lily's Leaf, the mm. raid on Lily's Leaf, and the Ravonia trial. Mm. It, the marketing must start with history and education. Mm. Our educational focus on our liberation stroke. That is the only way we can really build the awareness that is required in order for people to go and like Lily's Leaf. Mm. You can't if you educate someone through a marketing campaign thing if they're not familiar with the site at the outset. You know, um, are, you, are you still there? Yes. You know, um, I think one of the things that really crossed my mind, uh, you know, when I was talking about, you know, uh, the new generation and you were talking about this gentleman who who asked you to explain to these kids, yeah. you know, what you do for a living. Maybe then this is an opportunity to to approach schools because, you know, schools normally go on tours and, you know, just like at the SABC, just before the COVID, we used to have a lot of guests, schools coming to the SABC to see how we operate, coming to the studios, meeting the DJs. Maybe this is one of the things that needs to be done. Uh, and obviously you going to these schools and approaching them and telling them about the importance of this heritage site. And then that way, I think then you'll get a lot of traffic. It's, uh, look, we've done it. It's easier said than done. Mm. You know, uh, let me again give you an example. We ran a competition, mm. an essay competition. We approached government and we got no assistance. So we then directly went to the schools. Mm. But that was a problem in itself because a lot of the state schools said they need permission from the provincial or national departments of education. Mm. And also when it comes to do tours, they are specifically slotted in during the course of the year with the removal of the, the provincial and national department. Mm. So there are a lot of bureaucratic hurdles that one has to jump over. Mm. You can't just pitch up at, at a state school and say, please come to Lily mm. There's a whole... Yes, I mean, yes. there's, you can do it. It's not easier doing it with the private sector schools, mm. but they still also have their own processes and they have to go through a process as well. They are able to send the the pupils to the schools. But we do get schools coming through. Don't get me wrong. We do get schools coming mm -hmm. through. But there are a number of hurdles that we have to confront. And the biggest hurdle 
explain. The biggest, biggest hurdle we confront in this country is that history is being marginalized. It is being pushed to the periphery. It is being relegated to a large degree, to, and I take the phrase from Ronald Reagan once when he said, what does he want to do with the Soviet Union? And he said, I throw it on the rubbish heap of history. Mm. And that is the same which to some degree is happening with our history. It is relegated to the rubbish heap of history mm. because it's not been given the serious consideration and importance that is required and is will assist then in terms of helping institutions like Lily's Leaf getting people to come to the site to view what we have to offer. Mm. So, I mean, um, one of the comments that you made earlier on was that, you know, um, you are not getting any assistance from from the government. I mean, why is the Department of Arts and Culture? Again, because there is this very kind of archaic and skewed process Firstly, they say that unless you are declared a cultural institution, therefore being owned by government, Mm. you're not entitled to receive funding, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, best practice around the world is that governments provide grants to all of these historical institutions and museums. Mm. The other aspect of it is that if you look at the name, of the department responsible for historical sites. It's now called the Department of Sport, Art, and Culture. Mm. If you look at the history, Glenn, of the department, in 1994 to 2004, it fell under the Department of Science and Technology, and there was a deputy minister. Mm. From 2004 to 2019, it was a standalone department. But now, it's being consumed into sports. The other problem, do you see any reference to heritage or history in the title or in the name of the Mm. department, more appropriately? Mm. That's the problem. So you have already obstacles that you've got to jump over and you've got a government that doesn't really consider history to be of importance. And because of the kind of these administrative requirements, it makes it extremely difficult to secure funding. Wow, that's a very tough one and a disappointing one, and Nicholas. And I hope someone out there uh, is listening to this conversation and um, they'll get together with their friends or colleagues and, and talk about the plight of this heritage site. Um, Nicholas, thank you so much for chatting to us. And uh, yeah, we just hope for the best and thank that you very much, you know, everything will work out fine. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Excellent. There you go. That's Nicholas Volpi, the CEO of Lily's Leave Trust. Yeah, man, this place can't just go down, eh? No, it can't. The heritage such and no, such as that one. No, With artifacts and exhibitions. And there can't be any excuses even, even from the government. It's sad know? that the government isn't, or I don't know, well, if they have... Nicholas, has government given them a hand? No.
It's sad that government doesn't, you know, give a hand to heritage sites in particular. Because, because they should preserve these sites for future generations, right? No, absolutely. They need to know where we need to know where we come from. Absolutely. Uh, we need we need to know the history. Yeah.